0: Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Bring the Sting podcast. I'm your host, Evan Birchmore. Guys, today is January the 31st, 2022, as I sit here recording this morning, guys. Really excited for this episode. Got a great guest interview lined up as well on the tail end of this. But before we get to that, guys, I'm going to do our normal kind of schedule, if you will, that you've come to be used to on these episodes. That is running through the week in review and then previewing the week to come along with any uh, news, notes, housekeeping items, if you will. Really nothing new on the front of personal housekeeping items for Bring the Sting. It's kind of business as usual. You know, we're still doing the weekly podcasts, Monday morning releases, uh, schedule permitting. Uh, So be sure, keep up on the social media channels, Twitter and Instagram. uh, For any news on that front, guys, that is where we are most active. Like every single day we're on the Instagram, we're on the Twitter, and then obviously with the weekly podcast coming out as well you ever want to dm us anything or or comment or tag us or like whatever get involved get in touch with the show please feel free to do so i'm all about that all right without further ado let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and dive on in guys to the weekend review for the hornets so on last week's podcast guys there was a sunday game last week so we recapped that game that was against the hawks we recapped that last week so we can review this time guys four more games including a sunday game yesterday against the clippers but going to go ahead as you're all you know, I'm sure aware, run through the results of the past week. That being, you take a loss at Toronto to the Raptors. It was 125 to 113. Then you go to Indiana, you pick up a huge win, 158 to 126. Just an offensive explosion. And we'll dive into that here in just a minute. Come home, you take down the Lakers in a thrilling game, 117-114. And then you do take an L to the Clippers yesterday in a Sunday matinee game. Here in Charlotte, 115-90, to guys. So a very up-and-down week. But you do come out 500. You come out 2-and-2. So you're kind of keeping pace. You know, you really didn't lose any positioning as far as the standings or whatever. But you also didn't make up any ground. And that's kind of the thing where you're you're pretty firmly in that seventh spot right now. And as of now, you are four and a half games out of first. So I'm not saying you're going to climb into first or anything. But you're four and a half back of first. You're two games up on Toronto, who's in eighth, and then you're only two games back of Brooklyn, who's in sixth. So you have a little bit of a cushion there in that seventh spot. Personally, as you guys know, I've said that you should be aiming for that sixth sixth spot because you don't want to play in the play-in if you don't have to. Like, just remove the possibility of not even making the playoffs and go ahead and solidify a playoff berth. Guarantee yourself at least a series In the playoffs, guys, that being said, I'm not sure who's going to fall back. I've kept saying that I think Cleveland's going to fall back. You know, first Colin Sexton got hurt, then Ricky Rubio got hurt, now Laurie Markkinen's hurt, and they just keep winning. They're 8-2 and in their last 10. Like, I'm not sure what the answer is. They're just a really good squad, so I'm done saying that Cleveland is going to fall back. I I can't, you know, we can't bank on that. Brooklyn appears to be, you know, not playing all that well, and obviously no KD right now. They only have Kyrie for half of the games, so they're in that sixth spot. And then, uh, you know, the Bulls are four and six in their last 10. They've had some injury issues as well. So, you know, it might be – it might come down to just who stays healthiest. And Charlotte has had good luck with that for the most part this season as far as avoiding those kind of long-term injuries, if you will, the the, the extended absences, so to speak. But, again, you know, I, I think you can get to six. I'm just struggling to, to pinpoint, like, who you're going to overtake. But the opportunity is still there. You're two games back. So, you know – You just got to make it happen. And two and two on the week, again, like I said, you don't gain any ground, but you also don't give up any ground, which is good. At worst, you want to at least stay where you are on a week-to-week basis. And you did accomplish that, guys. That game in Toronto, that's one that you enter and you think, okay, it's winnable. They've been struggling a little bit. Fred Van Fleet was out. Uh, But then, again, you were without Gordon Hayward. And as we've seen in recent weeks, guys, the value of Gordon Hayward and how important he is to this team because – you know, like, he's not the flashiest player, but he is a – I've said this before. He he kind of defines your floor. Like, he gives you a very safe floor. He might not raise the ceiling all that much, or as much as, a, like, Lamello or Miles, but he does give you a safe floor, guys. It's a stat I dug up, and this was actually after that Toronto game, so before the Indiana game and the game against the Los Angeles teams. Guys, after the Toronto game, that made the Hornets 0-3 without Gordon Hayward this year. And in all three of those games, it was at Utah, and then it was at home against Atlanta, and then it was at Toronto, guys. In all three of those games, the Hornets fell short of their season averages in points, three-point field goal percentage, assists, and steals. So, again, he just sets that floor. like, And that is valuable to a team like Charlotte where he's kind of the veteran in the room and your other guys are younger guys where, you know, there might be some more variation in the game-by-game performances, especially guys I think like – uh, Ubre, you know, and, and even like Lamello and miles to an extent, but, you know, having that guy that you can just kind of pencil in for production is a luxury to have. And, and so Gordon get back soon. Uh, team needs you. Uh, but you know, I digress kind of going to go ahead and dive on in again to some more statistics from that Raptors game guys in the first half. So at halftime, Toronto is up 76 to 61, 76 points allowed by the Hornets, was their second most points allowed in any half of a game this season at that point. They allowed 81 in the first half against the Blazers at Portland on December the 17th. Toronto is just making every shot. And, you know, for those of you who watch the game, sure, like defense definitely could have tightened up. But I think some of it also was just like they were just making every shot. And it wasn't like a, a just constant barrage of wide open looks like certainly they got some good looks, but a lot of them were contested shots and they were just making them. So at some point it's like good offense beats good defense. And that's kind of just the structure and the way basketball works. So you just got to tip your cap to the Raptors. They shot 62% in the first half guys. Again, that's the second highest field goal percentage by an opponent in a half of a game against the Hornets. The, you know, the only game that was above it was that game against Portland who shot 64.4% in the first half against the Hornets. So, you know, tough game. You know, one kind of good silver lining, if you will, James Booknight had a great game, 18 points, 55% from the field, five of five out of, uh, on his free throws. So, you know, that's a storyline to keep an eye on where kind of by necessity in these past couple games, you, you know, you had no Gordon and then no Kelly Oubre uh, and James Booknight has been playing real minutes and, you know, has kind of answered the bell, you know, to an extent. So I think that's really, really good. It'll be curious to see, you know, when Gordon and Kelly are back and the whole rotation is available, what is Booknight's role? Does he go back to, you know, DNP coach's decision or just kind of getting in in, in garbage time? Or has he whittled out a, a, a role on this team? You know, personally, I think it's kind of been a turning point where, you know, I think we, we'll look back on this kind of stretch of games in a few weeks or a few months and say, okay, that was kind of when James Booknight picked up steam. And that's kind of when he solidified himself in the rotation. You know, and I think a lot of fans would be really satisfied with that and really excited about that. Again, guys, and I mentioned this on Twitter. Like, I try not to overreact to single games. I try to analyze trends and things that go beyond just one game or even, like, two games. You, you know, what are what, what's kind of going on, on the on the broader scale? And just to kind of put that Toronto game in perspective, guys, like, you know, obviously you want to win every game, right? I'm not saying that you should be, you know, happy that you lost or anything. But as easy as it will be to overreact to that, guys, just keep in mind, Toronto had their best shooting half of the entire season in the first half. They had their best scoring half of the entire season in the first half. Gordon Hayward did not play, and P.J. Washington was ejected before the end of the first quarter, getting in that kind of a uh, little dust-up, if you will. And, you know, so just kind of keep things in perspective, guys. Like, And then you ended up – you lost by 12 points. So, you, you know – uh, again like is it a a good game or anything no and i'm not i'm not saying that but just keep that in perspective when analyzing that all right guys but enough about that game going on into the wednesday night tilt with indiana guys and a, look just a, a fantastic game on all fronts on all offensive fronts for charlotte guys and again you were up in the season series 3-0 a team that obviously kicked your butt in the playing game last year and, and, and they showed on espn on Friday night against the Lakers that in the practice facility for the Hornets, they've had the score of that playing game against Indiana in the practice facility. Personally, I love that. I just love that kind of chip on the shoulder mentality, like find something to motivate you, you know, and I really just, you know, being able to say you swept the season series against the Pacers. That's a good feeling, especially after what happened in that play in game, a season ago but you go to indiana no gordon hayward yet again and no Jalen mcdaniels indiana was just you know rap like their rotation was just not full at all no sabonis no miles turner no malcolm brogdon tj warren tj mcconnell all out so that's five players out but again you were down two guys as well so you go into that game guys i'm just going to read off the records that you set that night i'm sure you're familiar by this point but most points in a game in hornets history 158 Most points through three quarters, 113. Most points and a half, 87. Most threes made in a game, you tied your franchise record with 24. Most points by a player off the bench was Kelly Oubre with 39. And then most threes by a player in a game, Oubre tied that record with 10. So just, you know, the offensive record book of Hornets basketball is now that Wednesday night game against the Pacers. A week ago, and it was just fun to watch, like call it for what it is like some of these games are stressful games come down to the wire. But when you got to go in like that, and you're watching it say, like, okay, get it to Kelly and he's pulling up from, you know, from three or get it to, to Miles or Terry or LaMelo. And, and it's just fun to watch when when the team is clicking like that. So on all cylinders, guys. Hats off, LaMelo Ball recorded his fifth career triple-double. He had 29 points, 10 boards, 13 assists. Guys, that ties him with Nicholas Batum and Larry Johnson. He's second now on the all-time triple-doubles list in Hornets franchise history. So big congratulations to you, LaMelo Ball. Anthony Mason, he's the franchise all-time leader in triple-doubles, guys. He has seven, and so LaMelo's at five. He's getting close. And again, he's not even played two full seasons. So, you know, odds are he'll be your your franchise triple-double leader before it's all said and done. Also, an interesting stat that I found, and I tweeted this out, and it kind of it kind of gained a lot of interaction on Twitter uh, from my personal channel. But really, really interesting, guys. So I'm a big plus minus guy. Like I like the advanced stats. I don't I don't base everything off advanced stats, but I, I just think they are you know interesting to look at and valuable to look at. But Lamelo Ball in the Pacers game, he had a plus forty five plus minus. To put that in perspective, guys, that is the fourth highest plus minus by a player in a game in Hornets history. Now the three. Higher plus minuses in a game all occurred in the same game. So, again, plus minus, like, if you just have a blowout win, you're going to have a lot of players with a high plus minus, right? But the three above him, guys, Jeremy Lamb, Kimball Walker, and Marvin Williams, they had a plus 51 for Jeremy Lamb, and then Walker and Marvin Williams had plus 47, respectively. In the game just a few seasons ago where you beat the Memphis Grizzlies 140 to 79, I'm sure you guys remember that. So you go out, you win by, goodness, uh, you know, 61 points. And so that's where those inflated plus minuses come from. So LaMelo Ball had the highest plus minus in Hornets franchise history outside of those three guys who had that plus minus in the blowout win against the Grizzlies. So just something interesting, something to to, uh, take note of from that contest, guys. And that segues into Friday night, a, a marquee matchup, Lakers in town. Look, anytime the Lakers come, anytime LeBron's in town, it's a it's a big deal. And of course, then right before the game, we get the news no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James. And look, on one hand, that made it obviously a, a more winnable game for you. When, when they have two guys who are on the all 75 team, one guy who, you know, is a consensus top five player in the history of basketball, not playing for the other team. Like, clearly that makes it an easier game. On the other hand, did it take a bit of shine off the matchup? Yeah. Did it take energy out of the arena and energy from the Hornets? I don't think so. You came out of the gate hair on fire and just really started strong, guys. And then the second half happened. And look, it was kind of a letdown in the second half, to be honest. But I'm not mad about a win. Like, it kind of bothered me online after the game to see fans – Look, I understand being frustrated that you kind of gave up. A, you gave up a 20-point lead and it came down to the final shot. Like, that should not have happened. It should not have been that close of a game. I agree with you on that point. But, but if you can't have the perspective to appreciate that you won the game against the Lakers on national TV, look, just, like, appreciate the win. Look, I'm not saying that you need to say it was the greatest game ever or that. You know, it was a flawless performance or anything, but you won the game. You won the game. And if you just, just have some perspective and like appreciate that you won the game, it just kind of bothers me that people get so wrapped up in the negativity that they can't sit back and appreciate, you know, the results of what happened on the court. And again, it wasn't even just the, the fourth quarter you actually outscored the Lakers 30 to 29, but that third quarter is kind of where they made their run. Russell Westbrook putting up 30 points in the second half. And I saw this thing on Twitter, and it kind of you know got my wheels spinning. And like, I, they're not a better team without LeBron and AD. Like, you know, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to imply that they are. But I think Westbrook is able to play a certain way without LeBron on the court, where they're both pretty ball dominant guys. Like, they they really can't play off. They're they're more effective with the ball than off the ball. I think that's fair to say. And with LeBron there. It kind of mitigates some of what Westbrook can do. Now, without LeBron, it kind of opens it up for Westbrook. And I think he was just kind of able to go like vintage OKC Westbrook and and really kind of just you know head down, bull in China shop, <clears throat> drive to the rim. And then he got his three-point shot going there at the end. And honestly, I had to hold my breath on that third and final three-pointer that he attempted, the one right at the end of the game. But I digress, guys. I think that kind of did open things up for Westbrook a little bit. So I'm not going to read too much into that. Like, that was his best game of the season, his highest scoring game of the season. So, you know, but you get the win. And, and, again, at the end of the day, you get the win over the Lakers on national TV at home. It was the first time he'd beaten the Lakers in four years. So I'm not I'm not upset about that. Like, you get the win. Job well done. A uh, tip of the cap, guys, real quick, to Ish Smith, 22 points, 83% from the field, guys. It was the best field goal percentage in a game with a Hornets player who scored over 20 points in a game this season. So, of all the Hornets players who've scored over 20 in a game this season, you know, and there's been several of those performances. Ish had the highest field goal percentage in such a performance. So, hats off to you, Mr. Ish Smith. Job well done. All right, guys. Then you wrap it up. You come home. Sunday matinee against the LA Clippers guys. And kind of just a kind of an odd game as far as like it's a one o'clock tip on a Sunday. It's not a time you normally play at and not to make excuses for for losing or anything because the clippers are a good squad i think ty Lu is a fantastic coach even without Kawhi and paul george like they just have a really good culture a really good like i just think they they play so well as a team and they're a tough out like call it for what it is but they come to town and they, they kind of beat you you know the the final score is a bit inflated it was a close game in the second half and, and it kind of gets away from you you know, they're at the end. And I said this, like, moral of the story, guys, like, you're going to need Kelly and you're going to need Gordon back. Like, you know, you can win games here and there without those guys. But, like, at the end of the day, you do need your whole rotation full and your full kind of arsenal of firepower, if you will, because you only put up 90 points. Again, you lost 115 to 90, and that was the lowest point total of the year for the Hornets. So, obviously, missing Gordon and Kelly showed up yesterday afternoon. Hopefully those guys get back soon, guys. You have two days off before your next game. You're at Boston on Wednesday. So hopefully you have the whole rotation ready to rock and roll on Wednesday night. One positive, guys. going to tip my cap really quick and then we'll dive into the week ahead. LaMelo Ball yesterday. He had 10 assists and zero turnovers. Guys, on the season, that's the most assists without a turnover by any Hornets player this season. Again, 10 assists, zero turnovers. So job well done. LaMelo Ball, tip of the cap. All right, guys. So this week, Interesting games on the schedule. Yet again, you're at Boston, as I just mentioned, on Wednesday. Then the Cavs come to town on Friday. The Heat are in town on Saturday. So three games against three teams, all in the Eastern Conference playoff picture, guys. Actually, your next five are against the Eastern Conference playoff picture because next Monday you have Toronto in town, and then next Wednesday you have Chicago coming to town. So really, really interesting games, guys. You're right back in Boston after you just played there recently. Uh, You know, so... Kind of a quick turnaround for that. I believe it will be two weeks to the day, actually, uh, from the last time you visited Boston, that you'll be back, you know, in Massachusetts, taking on the Celtics. So we'll see how you can do and hopefully, you know, bring that same energy. I think you should be able to beat Boston. Like, honestly, you can, with this team, I don't look, like you can win every game on the schedule. They've proven they can do as much, but obviously are they going to win every game on the schedule? No, that's not realistic to expect that. So let's see, you know, kind of week by week, but again, Catch some momentum coming up. This Cavs, this Cavs game, guys, on Friday night, Cleveland has so far outperformed my expectation for what they would be this season. So this has subtly become like a really important game coming up here on Friday night in Charlotte, guys. So pack out the hive. Really excited to see, you know, bring some good energy to the crowd. And I remember at the beginning of the season, you know, you beat Cleveland in their building way early in the season and then they came to Charlotte and they actually beat you the last time it was in Charlotte and I'm forgetting what date that was on uh but you know early in the season they come to Charlotte they beat you you know here on your home court and at that time it was like oh man that was a bad loss you just lost to the Cavs at home and now you know I mean you don't want to lose on your home court of course but like you know they're they're not a pushover team at all you got to bring it against the Cavs so we'll see you know how the squad is able to perform in that matchup. And then, guys, Saturday night, the Heat, first in the East right now, come to town, divisional matchup, you know, and, and a team that you call it for what it is, like you haven't really done that well against them in recent years. Guys, really, really excited for that one. And, and we'll see, you know, how you're able to perform. I would expect a raucous crowd at the Spectrum Center. I think that can kind of be a a marquee, like hang your hat, kind of a victory if you're able to pull that one out against Miami. So I'm really interested to see. You you know just how you're able to perform against the Miami Heat. All right, guys. So that wraps it up actually for this section of the podcast. As I mentioned, we have a really really good guest interview today with Terry, my man Terry. He's the host of the Buzz Boys podcast, guys. So be sure to uh, follow along. Stick with us for that guest interview, guys. We talk everything Hornets. We talk trade rumors. We talk ceiling for the team. We talk the week in review. We talk the week in advance. We talk James Borrego, we talk Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, any and everything Hornets, guys. Terry and I dive into that on this guest interview, so be sure to stick around. You don't want to miss it. Guys, as I always say, please, please, please follow along on the social media channels, Instagram, at Bring the Sting, Twitter, at underscore Bring the Sting. We will follow back. We will interact with each and every one of you who engages with our content, because I am so thankful for those of you who do so. All right, guys, but again... Stay tuned for this guest interview, guys. Really, really good week of basketball coming up. Until next Monday, guys, go Hornets. All right, everybody. So we are joined for our guest interview today by Terry, host of the Buzz Boys podcast. Terry, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. How are you,
0: man? I'm good. I'm good. You know, doing well, ready to talk some Hornets coming off this uh, loss to the Clippers this afternoon, just a short while ago, but. But overall, a pretty decent week. They go two and two on the week. You get the win against the Pacers. Then you uh, you beat the Lakers. uh, but You do lose to Toronto and then obviously to the Clippers today. Uh, But, yeah, man, I'm doing well. Uh, So kind of just before we really dive in a whole lot, uh, Terry, can you kind of just tell the audience, you know, what's your background? How would you get started with your podcast and, you know, what got you into being a, a Hornets fan?
1: Man, um, I have been a Hornets fan for really like my whole life. Like, um, when I got into it, I was a Bobcats fan. Like, the Hornets weren't around. I'm only 22, but um, I was probably around five, and I remember having like an Amika Okafor Bobcats. I mean, yeah, Bobcats jersey. Yeah, so old it's school. I like, it was like I've been into it for a long time. My mom was a Hornets fan and she used to tell me about the Hornets and Muggsy Bows and stuff. And it's just like, you know, so I was really happy when we turned back into the Hornets and kind of moved on from that Bobcats era. But it's like, yeah, I, I've been a Hornets fan for basically my whole life. And um, I started the podcast um, this summer, like right before Summer League, just because, like, you know, the draft picked with Book Knight and Kai Jones. And it was just, I could tell we were just entering a very, Promising era of Hornets basketball, and I just wanted to cover it because, like, I'm a Hornets fan. I get on Twitter and I just rant about the Hornets, and it's like, you know, most of the people up there don't even know what I'm talking about. So I was like, let me create a whole separate page just for this, especially knowing what I'm gonna talk about anyway. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started this summer, right before Summer League,
0: right? No doubt, yeah, that's a super cool story, and it's good to meet folks who've kind of been been in it for a while you mentioned the bobcats days i just remember you know because you, you say you're 22 i'm 24 and so yeah. i wasn't you know old enough to remember the old school hornets the first team i remember was the bobcats and i remember you know okafor raymond felton gerald wallace all all those guys and it oh, yeah. had some decent seasons but you know
1: I, I think it's, when we,
0: yeah 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 that that
1: Stephen that steven jackson Stephen jackson yeah wallace team like that was a respectable team that made the playoffs and I think Gerald Wallace was an all star. that Yeah. Know.
0: Yeah. Uh, so but then, nice. you know, obviously just having the Hornets back is awesome as well. So awesome. That's really neat stuff. And I'm kind of in the same boat as far as starting the podcast. And, you know, like you mentioned, just such an exciting time to be a Hornets fan, especially with wow. LaMelo and Miles. And like, it's a fun team to watch. Like, even when they lose, it's still you know, you feel like it's still entertaining, so. Like, bro, we're the number one scoring team in the NBA. Yeah, like, like it's never boring.
1: (laughs) It's never boring, and the only thing is we give up almost the most points. Like, we were last in points given up. Now we're, like, 26. Yeah. It's like, we we still give up 113 points and score 115. So, it's like, you know it's going to be a high-scoring game, whoever we play.
0: It's a shootout, no doubt. It's, like, it's literally, like, if 2K was in real life – I feel like it's like really? no, no defense, see. just yeah. Really,
1: honestly. And it's like, but it's been amazing for us though, just because it's like, bro, we've already had, I believe, five or six nationally televised games. And this is the most that we've had, yeah, in a season yeah. since, we, since we became the Hornets again. Right. So it's like already, and since when did we become the Hornets again? 2014?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like already in these years. We're already back to like prominence, like you know, and we're not even at the all star break yet, so we're gonna have even more national televised games. Um, that Celtics game, we have a game coming up that's ESPN, another one. Hold on, let me see, we have another game coming I up. I think whenever
0: ESPN. Chicago comes to town, I want to say that's yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah, TV. yeah the Chicago yeah. game, the Chicago game that's
1: ESPN, so that one is gonna be the record breaker for like most televised games, Mo- for yeah, yeah. And that's still not uh, the All Star break, so yeah, no, no, because
0: that's the thing. It's like the worst thing you want to be. I feel like is bad and boring. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like throw shade at any team, but like, there's just certain teams that, like, even some of the bad teams is uh, like a little interesting because, like, like Detroit's not very good, but like, I want to see how Cade does, you know, or uh, New Orleans isn't doing that great, but like, once Zion comes back, you know, they'll be fun to watch. But if you're bad and boring it's it's like you know no one's really gonna care even even like the really hardcore fans and
1: i feel like that's where we were stuck at for years was just that that purgatory that just a a treadmill of mediocrity yeah like you know we weren't a lottery a high lottery pick team getting good young players but we're not this team that's you know top six seed kind of fighting for real playoff positions like Every year, we were just kind of around 35, 40 wins, just, you know, right there. And, you know, you had Kim Walker, and he was super fun to watch, but it wasn't enough to get the national attention, the national media constantly, because, like, okay, Kim Walker goes off, we still lose by 20, or yeah. we still lose by 50. Like, there was plenty of times where we, we saw Kim Walker have 40, and it resulted in nothing.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: He had sixty. He had sixty something one time. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. And I think that was against the Magic. So it's mm-hmm. like it was a lot of times where it was like it's the Kimba Walker show, and that's it. And, and it's kind of like
0: star. something that you know, it's no like diss to Kimba at all. Like love Kimba. Uh, but love I think Kimba. it was Chris Broussard who said this, the uh, national uh, Fox Sports NBA analyst. But he said he said one time like Kimba kind of has a he is a star, right? Really. In Charlotte, he was a star, but kind of has like a role players mentality I guess whereas like he wasn't like the most flashy guy you know like he was an awesome player but he just wasn't like that flashy and so you know people who weren't really Hornets fans probably didn't keep up with him all that much because you would rather you know and and again that's like no diss to him that's just like what his his game was kind of like old school you know it's kind of like played really tough that's so. that step back, he was lightning quicker like that yeah step yeah back. yeah oh my god but yeah it was
1: like he won the sportsmanship award multiple times so it was like he's just a good guy you oh, know yeah. he's not he's not a guy a lot of celebrating and just you know getting getting a lot of attention so and i kind of hate how the media is treating him now but that's just kind of what comes with going to those big market teams
0: yeah but, yeah when you're in new york, yeah. york it's like you better you better play well or else it's kind of like even like mellow at the end, it was like they they were, turned were on kind of doing him dirty the same way, you know, and he was probably yeah. the best player they've had in in a yeah. long time.
1: So in a long time. And yeah, I, don't, I think that was Phil Jackson's doing. I don't know. But look, man, I heard some. I know we kind of get off topic here, but um, so I own a shoe store, it's called one of one. But um my friend owns a shoe store, it's called Courtside and Raleigh, and a lot of celebrities go in there and shop and Zion Williamson had went in there uh it was probably back in October. And um, my boy asked him straight up to Zion's face. He said, uh, what's your next team? And Zion said the Knicks right there in the story. Really? He told him, <laughs> he told him the Knicks right there in the story. So uh, I think he's going to try to go up there, especially now with RJ up there. He oh got yeah. Cam Reddick. Cam, Cam Reddish yeah. getting traded. So it's like, uh, you know, I think Zion might just keep on acting hurt until it's time for him to go. I think next year is his last year. Before his rookie extension, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he I think he's gonna decline that and go to the Knicks. I really do.
0: I think what would be wild is if he he ends up there, and then obviously Coach K is done at Duke after this year. I don't know how old he is, but if if they somehow get K to go coach those guys at the Knicks, like I don't even know if they'd be. I mean, I'm sure they'd be pretty good. I don't get Coach K to go to the Knicks. But like, I mean, just throw a bag of money at him, like name your price and and get him there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that
1: would that would be great. That would have
0: that would be insane. Yeah,
1: be wild. I saw some today where it said Thibodeau does not plan on putting Cam Reddish in the rotation. So it was like, why would you trade? Why, why yeah? And, and and the first round. pick. They attached the first round pick. So like, why would you attach a first round pick to a player that you're gonna bench? Right. I don't understand anything <laughs> that. I don't understand anything that Knicks do honestly. Because it. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: yeah. they were a good team last year, like pretty good. And Randall did really well last year. But I think – like, Tibbs, I think, is a good coach, but I don't think he's, like, as good as maybe people were, like, hyping him up to be. You know what I'm saying?
1: I, I don't like, I don't think he's good for the modern NBA. Yeah. yeah. You
0: know,
1: some, some coaches have a hard problem adjusting. Like, even Steve Clifford, who I thought was a good coach, I felt like he had a problem adjusting to what the NBA is turning into now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Tibbs is kind of the same way. Like, you – Kim Walker is going to be out of the rotation. Then literally next. <laughs> this week. I bet. I think we lagged a little bit there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I Be know. Back. At one point, where All right. I didn't hear the co- I didn't hear the coach K part because it had lag. But we can get to uh, this week though. Um, yeah, that that Raptors game, it was t- that Hawks game and that Raptors game. It was like it was ugly. Those two games were ugly, <laughs> and um, it that's kind of when the, just the tide started turning, and I kind of got a little worried, like, oh, because it's like some nights you don't know what Hornets team is going to show up. So it was like having two back to back bad games. I thought that Hawks game we were gonna bounce back just because um you know, Trey Young's numbers against us, they're not too good. He averaged like sixteen points when he plays us. So I thought that Hawks game we were gonna be okay. And that Raptors game, they were missing so many people, you know. They missed Scotty Barnes, no Van Vliet. Um they were missing a third player too, I think. Did can play? See, I can play, right? can did play, yeah. Yeah. But I know they were missing. But, yeah, oh, Barnes man. and Van Vliet Gary, are like Gary, two of their best players. So they're, they're missing Gary Trent, right? Or did he play? I don't know. I don't know they're missing a few people. But yeah, Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes didn't play. And I feel like that was a game that we could have got. And um, I believe that was the first game that Gordon missed, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. Or well, I think he was out the Atlanta game as
1: well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. but um, I think we were just trying to still trying to adjust to missing him and Jalen. That might have been the first game that Jalen missed. I don't know. But I just feel like um, we were still just trying to adjust and – you know they surprised us it was kind of a trap game you know oh they're missing players this one could be something easy but um I don't know just crossing the border and stuff and all that I just feel like it's just kind of extra stress on a player and uh playing in Toronto is tough and they don't even have fans in there yeah and I just I still feel like it's tough just because you got to go to a whole different country to play and just go through a lot yeah so,
0: and that was what Del uh Del Curry and Eric Collins were saying on the broadcast it was just you know like it's just so different like yeah you're in a different country there's nobody there except like the other team and, and the coaches and everyone like the trainers and all but like no fans like you said it's like I can't imagine what like how how do you get I mean it's the NBA so like you're excited to play of course but I feel like you as a player you like feed off that energy from the crowd so you're an empty, yeah, empty gym. It probably it. just feels like a scrimmage or or like a practice or yeah. something almost. Yeah, I and mean, it's kind of crazy. Just to think that like that
1: was the norm in the NBA last year. Yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy. So it's like yeah, with us and our home court advantage, like Buzz City is really starting to show up. So it's like to go from that to yeah, like just an empty gym. You know that once that momentum kind of swings to the other team, you know it's hard because I mean I'm pulling up the box score right now. Bro, they had one, two, three, four, five. They had six double digit scores. OGN and Obi had 24. Gary Trent Jr. had 32. Siakam had 24. You know, when you got guys put up big numbers like that, that's three twenty-point scores. And then you still got more people in double digits. It can get out of hand quick, especially when there's no fans to cheer you on. Right. And I mean Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, our our defense really is is become like a problem at certain points because like you can't give up 125 to the raptors bro
0: right I yeah mean, no, doubt. no like,
1: doubt that's how we that's how we're losing these games man that's how we're losing these games you're giving up too many points like you know the method of all right let's just go out and try to outscore everybody it's not going to work every time when them shots are, you know like we scored 113 against the raptors if you score 113 that should be enough to win
0: yeah, like, yeah, no doubt. Like, I actually pulled up some stats here and, and it, I tweeted this out, um, like during these games. So, like, going through the losses last week. So, Atlanta, you lose, uh, and I guess well, I recapped Atlanta on last week's episode, but the Atlanta game, Charlotte scored 91, which was so they only scored 90 today, but until today, that was the least amount of points they've scored in a game, like, all year. And then they also only made four threes, which was the least amount yeah, of threes, 11, 11%. 11%. So I was like, I, di- I didn't, you know, like overreact to that game. I just think that was, that that oh, does God, happen. No, like, I mean, it was game. just like, that's not going to happen every night. But then the Raptors game, they come out in that first half, just making everything uh, Toronto mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah. you know, it was here it was 76 to 61 at half. So you put up 61, but you're still down by 15. That was the second most points allowed in a half by the Hornets. And then it was the second highest uh, field shooting percentage in a half by any team against the Hornets was the Raptors in the first half. Because I was watching it and it was, it was just like, I mean, some of them were open shots, but I mean, it sounds weird to say, but like I, I do think the, de- the the defense was decent some of the times, but it was just – they were just making every shot. And so, I mean, that – that you know, there's only, like, that's so much little, you can do
1: about that. Yeah, and that's a little demoralizing as well. For a team that doesn't necessarily play well defensively, when you do play good defense and they're still making shots in your face, they just kind of like – Yeah, yeah. On, and, and then that, P.J. got ejected,
0: point. like, in the first quarter, so yeah. that, that definitely didn't help anything. And, yeah, that, that Raptors game, I was
1: running around. So, like, I missed that first quarter. I got home and started second quarter, and I saw him get ejected. I got a notification to my phone that said, PJ wants to eject. I'm like, what the freak? And, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was a, bog, a bogus ejection. I mean, at least they both got ejected. But, you know, the guy hit PJ in the back first. And P.J. just kind of turned around and pushed him to, you know, defend him, so. Yeah, but, I think, like, um,
0: double-text was fine, but I, I wouldn't have tossed him. Yeah, I feel like – I feel like
1: maybe the first guy, the Raptors guy actually got there just because you took a shot to him with his back turn. And, of course, retaliation is going to come after that. But, I mean, it wasn't what it was. But for us to already be, like, short-handed, losing P.J. was tough for that game, especially with, like, people like Siakam and just, like, The Raptors really play a lot of small ball. They don't really have a traditional center. So we needed somebody like P.J. in there, and that kind of also could have been why it kind of got out of hand the way it did.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like, I'm sure – like, I'm not saying we would have won if P.J. stayed in, but the would have had a a way better chance, I think. Uh, But, yeah, then you get into that Pacers game, and it's kind of like just (laughs) – like NBA jam and, and like everybody was on fire, basically. Or, or like 2K, and they're just like the shooting sliders were all the way up. Like that nah, this is, these are the records they set in the Pacers game. So most, many,
1: so many records.
0: Yeah, most points ever in a game by the Hornets, 158. Most points after the third quarter, they had 113. Most points at halftime is 87 uh or no sorry they scored 87 in the second half i believe it was yeah, was
1: most, yeah most points in a half
0: most threes they've ever made in a game 24 and then Kelly Oubre had 39 off the bench which broke his own record for bench broke points his own record. and then most threes in a game by a hornets player uh Kelly had 10 so it like <laughs> it,
1: it was amazing man and uh you know when – um the last game we played against Lakers where they showed that we have that Pacers thing, the Pacers yeah, score hanging yeah. in there, that kind of, that shocked me because I, you know, that hadn't been leaked before that Lakers game. Right, played. right. I was shocked. And um, it's like, you can tell we're super motivated when we play the Pacers just off of that play-in result. Cause I mean, bro, we got destroyed in that, in that play-in game. Right. And uh, you know, I think we're just using that as fuel. And I love that, especially as a young team. You know, because as a young team, you know, you don't necessarily have to be motivated. You know, we haven't been to the playoffs before, so it's like, you know, you can easily just say, "Uh, this is life in the NBA. But, no, we're like, we're hungry. And to come out and sweep the Pacers this year 4-0, I love that because, like, you know, we're proving this is not going to be last year. Right. But, yeah, but, yeah, bro, we were hot. And you can just tell we're just so motivated to get that Pacers team. And it was just insane because everything was falling like – Everybody just coming right down the court, no hesitation,
0: pulling up for three, yeah. in
1: cash. <laughs> like that second half was crazy. You just getting a
0: zone. It's like, man, this is never seen anything like that. I mean, not not for that long with everybody. Like you see, like one guy get everybody, hot sometimes, but yeah.
1: everybody was high. And man, uh, really, we could have sc- we could have scored like one sixty five. We would have left the guys in, but you know, for garbage time, we put in the the young yeah. guys. But we we could have kept going for real. It, it it was crazy, man. Yeah, man. If they wanted to get 160, they they could have, no doubt. They could have hit 160, yeah.
0: but 158
1: is crazy. I think somebody said like that's the highest point scored in the NBA since Team LeBron in 2021 at the All Star <laughs> Game. So it's like <laughs> that's what it like. I feel like crazy. it was
0: kind of like an All Star Game, like in that fourth quarter. I mean, like the way they were playing and all was kind yeah, of like, like what you
1: see in the All Star Game it was just like, all right, come up to Okay, it's your turn. Yeah. And like, it was it was crazy, man. That's crazy. It it's like, wild. I hated that Kelly Oubre could not play against the Lakers because it was just like, oh, dang, you know, you kind of want that momentum to carry over. Because Kelly is somebody who gets really hot and really cold. Yeah. He's a streaky player. So it's like, for him to have a game like that, you want him out there. So for him to miss that Lakers game, it was like,
0: oh, man.
1: Right. But, yeah, and I
0: guess getting into that Lakers game, just – you get off to a great start, they almost come all the way back and have a shot to win at the very end. And and uh, Russell Westbrook just d- misses the shot. But like, I, I was, you know, a win is a win, so I'm not going to be upset exactly. about us winning exactly. Like, could they have played better? Yeah, like they could have, and it probably shouldn't have been that close at the end. But you still had no Gordon Hayward, no Russell, or sorry, no Kelly Oubre. And Then Russell Westbrook had the most points he's had in the game all year. So yeah, well. like
1: he went crazy. It was it's kind of crazy because, like, bro, Russell Westbrook had the worst first half of his career. He was like a negative 27 in the first half, five points. It was the worst first half of his career. Then he comes out in the second half, half third, he has the fucking best half of his career. It's like, well, damn. But really, what happened was the baby, the baby's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like his, the baby's brother was arguing with. DeAndre Jordan for something like it It started with him and then he started arguing with Russ Russ, Russ, it's like of all the guys on the Lakers to
0: try to beef with like why DeAndre Jordan
1: yeah like bro he sucks. so it's like then he started chirping with Carmelo he started chirping with Russ and they just got hot it's kind of like a purple shirt guy moment yes that was exactly what it was when when we played the heat and it's like bro when they when he first started talking when he first started arguing we were up 20 and then by the end of the quarter we're up two, and it's like bro just Shut up and sit down, what? please. Just, just. Oh my God, it's like, man, they don't need no extra fuel. Like people, you know, say whatever you want to about Russ. That's still a former MVP. You right. Know, he might, he might not do it every game, but he can still flip that switch and you know, take over a game, especially with us having no center. Like you know, and we have Plumley, and Plumley had 17 rebounds that game. You know, I applaud him for what he did. But if you watch these games, man, the way that these players drive hard and attack Plumley, knowing that he's not a block threat, you know, it's like don't get Russell Westbrook going because we can't stop him driving to the basket. Yeah, like, yeah, that's I the mean, thing. He, he was hitting threes, though, which was kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if you saw Michael Jordan's reaction. Yeah, he stood high. up and, and <laughs> walked out of the box. <laughs> but that first one, where his jaw dropped when Russ hit that three, he was like, Russell Westbrook hit threes. Yeah. He's a Jordan Brand athlete. <laughs> he's a Jordan Brent athlete. Hold on, I'm gonna uh, grab my charger real quick. Oh, you're good. You're good. I got my AirPods and I can still hear you, though.
0: Oh, you all good? Yeah, it was wild. Just, I mean, obviously Russ isn't a great three point shooter, but he, I mean, he knocks him down. And I, man, I had to hold my breath at the very end. I, th- I thought, I thought it was gonna drop for sure, but man, man, me
1: when he shot that, when he shot that shot, man, I was like, hell no. Oh like, yeah, hell no! Yeah. I knew he was going. I knew he was going to miss that shot just because it's like Russell was because he made two from that spot like back special. Russell's right. not going to make three three threes for the game with a shot. No, like no, yeah. I couldn't bring myself to believe that. I was like no, and we played good defense on that. Yeah, was like, no, no, it was good D.
2: Yeah,
1: I was like no. I think it was PJ that got out there mm-hmm. and contested the shot. So it was like those things were like. Was, I have a kind of a love hate relationship with PJ Washington just because he's so up and down. But it's like when he's there, he's there, man. He's a good small ball option for us. That's what comes. Kind of, he's a good oh, yeah. modern role player for us. You know, I feel like he can have like kind of a, a mark, like a Morris twin role, which is kind mm-hmm. of like he can play that small ball for us, sometimes get going from three and play good perimeter defense when you need it. But I don't know, I'm up and down on PJ. But for him to close out without fouling and you know, contest that game with a shot, it was big. It was big.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And then I obviously take an L today against the Clippers. I think just it's kind of a weird game. Like it's a one o'clock game on a Sunday. It's kind of a weird time. You normally don't play at that time. You know, big win against the Lakers on Friday. So probably just. And like no excuses. to. I mean, you lost. So like tip your hat to the Clippers for for beating you on your home court. But and and they're still like no Kawhi, no Paul George right now. But Ty Lewis, a really good coach. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no Nick Batum. And no Batum. Yeah. 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 He's, a, he's a good I'd he's, a, he's a good coach. coach and
0: like those guys play hard. So they're still a tough out. Um and just I mean
1: this game was kind of similar to that um that Hawks game as to where just like we shot 23% from three, right. 32% from the field. And I mean that first quarter we started out slow, but we were playing good defense. So we were able to kind of stay in it. But um, I don't believe we scored 30 in any quarter in this game. Um, Let me look. Yeah, we did not score 30 at any point. We scored 25, 22, 29, and then we scored 14 in the fourth quarter. That is not going to win you a game against really anybody. Against anybody. Like, you're not even scoring 30 points. And the Clippers scored 33 and 31 in in their third and fourth quarters. So it's like you got a slow start in the first half. And then the second half, you didn't really pick it up. You really got worse. Um and some of these lineups, you know, and we are missing a lot of able bodies right now, missing Ubre. And something that it kind of could have been a little deflating because after the Lakers game in Brago's press conference, he said, Kelly Ubre, I think he's gonna be fine. I expect him to play against the Clippers. So maybe with him not playing today, it was unexpected, and maybe that kind of threw some things off. But we're missing a lot of points that we're trying to duplicate right now. Uh you got Kelly, he averages 17. Gordon Hayward, he averages 17. McDaniel's averages like eight. So that's like, you know, 40 something points that you're trying to replace, which is hard. And uh, tonight, I think, well, today, I think really us lacking the bench production is what lost us this game. Ish Smith is not going to go off for 22 points every, like, you yeah, know, but that's you a, can't that's a, like rely on that. Yeah, that, that's a fluke. That game was a fluke. Ish played terrible today. He was 0 for 6 from the field. 0 for one from three, two turnovers. He was a negative 24. Ish had the worst plus minus out of everybody. He played terrible. These four guard lineups, it's like the four guards with the book night Terry, uh, like and then you try to put plumbing up. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Um, yeah, he played terrible. And it's like PJ and James were the only people that scored off the bench with 10 apiece. 20 bench points is not enough. No way. And it's like with Ubre averaging 17 himself you kind of take for granted that bench production. Like, Oubre could be a six-man year candidate for this year.
0: I think, yeah, so I yeah. Think, I mean, I think Tyler Hero will win it, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, Kelly's right up
1: there. I think, yeah, I think he'll be in that final nomination for it. And, I mean, just because the big explosion games that he's had for us, like, you know, 35 39, he's setting records from the bench. Right. Um, but, yeah, us having, you know, 20 points of bench production – it, it just wasn't enough, and I feel like that's really where the game was lost, truly. I mean, everybody shot poorly from the field, but it's like, when your starters are struggling, you need that efficiency from the bench, and we just didn't get that. P.J. was 3 for 14, Book 3 for 9, and uh, with P.J., it was like, he had 10 points, and I believe the first quarter, he finished with 10 points.
2: <laughs> you know right.
1: what I'm he, Yeah, he finishes 3 for 14, 2 for 9 from 3, like, come on, and pj misses a lot of open threes bro like he gets a lot of good looks because you know he's a stretch five a lot of centers can't get out there and it's like we need those shots especially when you're struggling you need those open threes man
0: and i feel like every yeah. time i look up he's like got a wide open three from the top of the key wide he's open he's got he, yeah and that's, it's and he can knock them down like he's definitely like, capable yeah
1: that that top of the key and the, the top of key is really his spot and uh really he shoots well from the corners but he doesn't shoot from the corners a lot like the corner three is, is his best shot he makes it the most but he doesn't shoot a lot of corner threes um yeah i, I don't know man pj is just so even from the very moment that he came into the nba like his very first game he made like seven threes i think instead of record yeah. for like most threes for it's like the next game like he had like four points it's like it's just kind of what he does last year he had like 44 points against the kings the next game Six points. So mm-hmm. it's just like it's just what PJ does. He comes, he goes, he disappears sometimes, and it was just like I really think just the lack of production from the bench. It just it did us in, you yeah. know, us scoring ninety points. You know, Ubre seventeen right there. That's a one oh. That's one oh seven. Yeah. Just so yeah, I think that's really just where it came from. And hopefully he's back against the against the Celtics.
0: So yeah, that's what my back. thing. So you don't play again until Wednesday night at Boston. So you got two whole day. You get Monday and Tuesday totally off. And so hopefully we'll get Hayward back and Ubre back, uh, and have yeah. you know McDaniel's. We'll see if he's able to make it back. But kind of get some more healthy yeah. bodies. Get your rotation uh, kind of closer to closer to full ahead of that game on Wednesday. And, and look, it's a Celtics team that you just beat. Uh, you know. Just beat. Not uh, just a couple days ago at Boston. So you're going back and and uh, you'll see what you can do. And then Friday, Cleveland comes to town. Saturday, the Heat are in town. So those will be some be some tough games. Cleveland's having a good season. I did not think they would be as good as they've been. Like I don't I don't think very many people man. saw this coming.
1: Man, look, man,
0: I I kind of had them
1: in making the play in because I I had the Knicks coming out and I had the Cavs moving up, Um just because. The moves they made, it was smart. Mm-hmm. They they made modern NBA moves. Put as many seven-foot guys, seven-foot mobile guys out there as you can. And, I mean, once you do this and, and start playing zone and switch one through five, it kind of works. Like, them getting Laurie um Mobley, I think, is the rookie of the year, in my opinion. I would vote. You yeah, know, he's my vote right now. And, and then Jared Allen it's like they just got a lot of big guys there to where it's like right. they can switch one through they can switch one through 5 and then uh, O'Koro he's a good two-way player so it's like i you know i didn't see this though like they're fourth right now bro mm-hmm. I, I they're like i think they're like 10 games over 500 yeah. I, um, and, and whenever uh, i thought
0: i mean at first when Colin Sexton got hurt it was out for the year i was like okay they had a good start thought, but I, like they got to come back a little bit and then Rubio gets hurt who was playing really well
1: and I, thought, saw, it I, thought, it I man, thought it was over. I thought it was over.
0: Man, I thought it was toast. I thought it was – and then they uh, they get Rondo, who's been doing a little bit for them. But, you know, he's not he's not what he used to be. So – but they've, you know, kept – they hadn't missed a beat.
1: Crazy, bro. They're 8-2 in their last 10 games. I'm looking at the standards right now. They're 11 games over 500, and then they played the a Pistons today. So they're probably going to be 12 games
0: be over tw- 500, yeah.
1: which is insane,
0: bro. I don't know insane. if – it's kind of like a off t- I guess it's a little off track, but I was looking at, like, tickets for the upcoming games, and I don't know if they put the – price like, set the price before the season or anything, because I looked at tickets for the Cavs game are like $7.
1: And it's yeah, a Friday night,
0: teams. and they're like a playoff team right now. And so, I guess I don't know if they just I, thought they would be bad. I think, I'm and, go-, I think so, I'm go to that game. Yeah, it's like 7 Uh I mean, not that – you can find, like, the, the cheapest tickets are normally, you know, like Lakers yeah. was really expensive, but like a lot of the games you can yeah. get in for like 20 or less, but I was like $7 with yeah, the Cavs in town. <laughs> like,
1: and, and man, I mean, it's like Hornets Cavs. I mean, you know, it is, it is, we're still, it's still Hornets Cavs, even though they're good, it's still Hornets Cavs. Right. Um, really the the ticket prices really don't change too much. They kind of stay the same unless it's a big market team, you know, yeah. mixed, um, Lakers, Lakers. Um, definitely Knicks. I think I already said that for real. Seventy mm-hmm. six. Uh, the seventy six. I went to a seventy six game and it was terrible. Like I mean, like the game itself was good, but it was just like the section that I was sitting in. It was like almost all seventy six fans. I hated it. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like when I was cheering, they were kind of looking. Like I would yell, I would yell like something. They would just be like, looking like, and everybody around me had on NB jersey, and they were just like, oh, like, you know. So it's like when those big market teams come in, sometimes they kind of take over the arena and mm-hmm. it sucks. So that's and that's why the price is so high because like the resellers buy them up knowing that people are gonna buy them. They'll
0: buy, yeah, they'll pay, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, but I, I hate that the Lakers' tickets were so high,
1: and then LeBron doesn't play, AD doesn't play, and it's like that's really a problem for the NBA with with these guys sitting out, especially because like, bro. Every time you go on the road, people are paying top dollar to see oh, you yeah. guys. And it's like, you know, you guys not playing. And it's like, you know, they might have a legitimate injury. They might not. But it's just like, you know, that, that shit sucks. My friend paid to go to that game. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, a, a, every ticket was 150 plus. It didn't yeah. matter where you were sitting. Every ticket was 150 plus. It didn't matter where you were. So, that sucks.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Like, so, like you're saying, I don't know if they, you, you know – I don't know what you can really do about it, but yeah, I agree. It is something that yeah. I, I wish they could, I wish there was some answer to it, you know, like you're saying. And then again, again, a guy like LeBron, he's 37. So, you know, how many more how years many does he season? have? Yeah, and he comes once a year. So what, like maybe like two more years, three more years? Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But uh good schedule coming up this week at three games. So hopefully, hopefully get uh get some dubs and, and kind of get back on track. I uh, just had a couple things to run through. Uh, real quick and we can just kind of take this whatever direction you want. But uh, first one I had on here was just James Borrego. Like, do you think he's done a really good job this year? I think I personally think he has done a good job. Like I, I try to be in the middle on most things. Like, cause I know you're on Twitter. So I feel like on Twitter people are either like all one way or all the other. So it's like, every time we lose, they, they want to fire the coach. Or when we win, it's like, they want him to be the coach of the year. And I just think he's a solid coach. He's not, like, one of the best coaches in the league, but he's a really good coach, like, for this team. And I don't think it makes any sense to want to fire him because who are you going to get? Who's out there? Who would be any better? So, I'm just not sure. I'm just curious to see, like, what you think about that.
1: Man, to me, I love Borrego. I feel like he's done a great job. Bro, no coach. Could have gotten this team to be the number one team in scoring in the NBA. We are first in scoring in the NBA, bro. Right. And you can take that however you want to. The Hornets being number one in any category is crazy. Like, and for people to just kind of, oh, fire break, da 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 da, bro, look at where we've came. And this is only his fourth year. Look at where we are right now. This is the best the Hornets have ever been. I mean, they showed stats to, uh, you know, the Game Off where it said, this is our best record through 50 games since
2: 1999.
1: Mm-hmm. What do y'all want? What more <laughs> do y'all want? So to me, it's just like, I don't have any problem with Borrego. Uh His rotations can be questionable at times, but most of the time we're either A, shorthanded, and when we are 100% healthy, bro, we have no fucking center. So it's just like, what do you want him to do? A lot of times people are only um, criticizing him because why did LaMelo only play 32 minutes? LaMelo needs to be played 40 minutes. Bro, and half the time when they're crying about that, it's in games that we're winning by like 10 points. Like a right, right. the game. Who cares? We won the game. And it's just like people just keep crying about LaMelo's minutes, Bro, we're five games over 500, bro. I don't know the last time we were even five games over 500. Like, stop crying, bro. I thought Brady's done a good job. And it's exactly like you said who are you going to replace them with? That's the thing, yeah, like, 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 who's who's out there? Who are you going to replace them with, bro? Like, just talking. Like, people on Twitter just talk. And you can tell, really, who is a Hornets fan and who is, you know, a LaMelo fan. Yes,
2: yes. And it's
1: just, like, you can tell when they're – like, it's not the same. It doesn't match up. Like, with us, it's like, I want the Hornets to be. Other teams, like, you know – we want LaMelo or Book Booknight, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, don't get me wrong. I definitely think that Book Knight should have been playing this whole season. I feel like even if it didn't have to be 25 minutes a game, or anything like that, because I understand Cody Martin's importance to this team. But you're telling me Book couldn't play 10 minutes a game. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, at times where we just need a hot little spark, because he could, he could get going and have 15, 20 points, and you could play him longer. But it's like, I feel like he should have had a set, you know, a little 10 minutes especially to start the season off when like Ish kind of fell out the rotation and we were, you know, trying to find minutes for people. I felt like book deserved to either show, you know, okay. If he's not ready. Okay. Sit him. If he is ready, play him. And it's like, he came out and had like that 24 point game. And was leading score and all this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And then he, and then he still goes back to the bench. So with that, it's kind of like, you know, I, I do kind of have a problem with Brago just not playing book night. Kai Jones, He's still kind of raw. He does show a lot of promise in the G League. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched the, sw- watch the Swarm. Yeah, but yeah. Like he's looked great with the Swarm. Yeah. So Kai has had a couple of games where he might be ready. And with me, I kind of want to see Nick Richards. I want to see Vernon Carey. I just want to see some other alternative to Plumby. Right. And that's really the, the only problem that I have with Borrego because he hasn't really experimented at that center spot in-house. Because, like, if Nick Richards could give you, let's say, 10 and 6 off the bench, the need to trade for a center wouldn't really be that high because, like, okay, we have at least two capable centers. Two guys, right yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I would kind of prefer for him to try to play Nick Richards or Vernon Carey. I really thought this was going to be Vernon Carey's year mm-hmm. to poss- possibly show what he could do, and he just hasn't been able to get into the rotation. And I feel like he's a good offensive center, but right now we need defense, so I kind of do understand it. Right. But, you know, that's the, that's the only thing I can kind of get on, uh, on Borrego on is just, you know, Brook not being in the rotation because kind of like how it was with Malik Monk last year to where it's like he didn't play for the first 30 games and then all of a sudden he starts playing and starts going crazy and it's like he should have been playing all along. And so, you know, just really that, but I think he's definitely a good coach. I think he deserves an extension. And Actually, we gave him an extension this offseason, right? Yeah, so, so you know, I don't have any problem with Borrego and I just think coming from that Spurs organization – just a winning culture I think he's instilled that in us here in Charlotte My yeah opinion. that's
0: the thing it's like you think about it, he he was with pop in San Antonio like all those years and like won some rings with the Spurs so I think he's got like really good background. I'm with you like I don't I don't think he's I, I don't want it to be like oh you can't you know ever say he did anything wrong or like question anything because yeah, like, like I'm know, with you like you I want to see book anybody. play some more and, and like the whole I've been like man I wish book you know, let's see what he's made of. But lately, I mean he has been showing out a little bit more lately and did some nice stuff last week. And, and I think again, like you said, I mean, it's not like like this is a good team, but if you just look at the roster, like you know, they're not like the best team in the league. We're, so it's like, like what do you expect? Like we're
1: over like, bro, we're overachieving and people yeah. are forgetting, bro. We are the like the fifth or sixth youngest team in the NBA. Yeah, we are still a young team, and most of the players that we have developed are in-house players some of them were in the g league mcdaniels um martin those are g league players that are now rotational players let's like we're developing players we're winning games what what more do you want from a coach right and it's like you know i know last year i did kind of get on him last year because we played way too much zone last year and it wasn't effective um we we led the nba in zone this year I think we're still like up there in in zone, but it's more effective now. We got I feel like we got more guys. I feel like we got more guys that can kind of switch one through five and the zone is working a little bit better. But it's like, yes, the defense could be better, but you know, we don't have the players. You know, what can you do? Right. And um I think within the last like two weeks, we had jumped up to fifth, like not for the season. We're still 26. Well, damn, we, we were 26 the other day. Now we're 28. Uh, for opponent uh, points per game, but we had like in that 76ers and that Milwaukee, like in that little, we had moved up to fifth in defense for like mm-hmm. those two weeks. And it's like, you know, at that point, we're still leading the NBA in scoring. And now we're kind of stopping teams because there was a couple of times where we held teams up under a hundred points. And it was like that defense was, you know, showing. And uh, it's like, Bray goes a good coach when he's getting that out of us. Who, who else can get that out of us?
2: Right, um, right. We,
1: ha- we have we have a lot of offensive-minded of players. It just is what it is. Um, and I don't know if you're big into, like, the advanced stats and stuff. And sometimes, you know, I think they're good a good measure, and sometimes I think they're kind of bullshit. But um, I saw something where, like, Kelly Oubre is in the bottom five in NBA for defense, and Gordon Hayward is, like, bottom seven. Like, they're, like, right there at the bottom of the NBA in defense. So it's like when you got those two guys out there together, what can you do as far as defense? Right, right. So I think, I think, I think that's kind of why the defense picked up when Ubre was in like the COVID protocols because like he, he's not that good of a defender, which kind of surprised me. I thought that he was, but um, you know, I think that's why the defense picked up for those two weeks or a week and some change that he was gone. Right. But I, I, I still think Brey a good coach. I have no problem with Buray I like him. I want him to be extended. And he seems to have a good bond with our players. Um, you know, people were saying that him and Lamelo don't get along, bro. If you ever watch any post game conference, he talks about Lamelo like that's one of his kids. He's like, man, bro, I yeah. love Lamelo. He's always smiling and da You know, so it's like I don't, I don't feed into any of that stuff. Yeah, there was, was like, like the of- uh, the
0: interview he did with uh, it was Lamelo and uh, Shams Sharanya did an interview with him, and uh, Lamelo was saying that he like went over to JB's uh, to Brego's house for like they did like a cookout or something i was like i don't know about you but i've never gone to anyone's house for a cookout who i didn't like or who didn't like me like
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know like i'm not going yeah. over to someone's house if i have beef with them to like have a cookout like i'm, I'm sorry yeah, like, i don't care if they're my coat whatever so I, i'm not it, it, that's the frustrating like, thing but, it's like they'll, they'll literally say something and then people on twitter are like oh no like you know He's lying. Like, like, I know better because I'm on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, like, bro, it's like you literally see them have personal conversations. And you can tell a lot of these people they don't watch Brago's post game conferences. They don't watch, you know, they just, they just, oh, Lamella only played 32 minutes. Cody Martin played 36 minutes. Cody Martin, uh, Brago likes Cody Martin better. Like, bro, Lamelo had four fouls. What do you want? I mean, it's like LaMelo will have four to five fouls, and people will still be on Twitter complaining about his minutes. Yep. Bro, he's about to foul out. Foul out of like, the game. Yeah. You're not you're not even watching the game. You know, it's just like they just get on Twitter and just cry about Borrego and cry about Lamelo's minutes. And it's like, how, how can you sit here and say that is holding Lamelo back when he was the rookie of the year last year? He's gonna be an all-star this year. Right. Like, what more do you guys want? That's yeah, not it's I don't like I don't, I don't feed into that stuff, man. I don't feed into that stuff. S- if was S- up to them, My LaMelo bad. My bad. Gen- no, I know, I'm about to, If it was up to them, Lamelo Ball would be the coach and the general manager. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, bro, I don't know what
0: y'all want. Like the mayor of Charlotte.
1: <laughs> oh, everything. Man, seriously.
0: Yeah. So, kind of rolling on. Yeah, yeah. We talked uh, Brego. We talked James Booknight. Uh, so I guess kind of to to wrap it up before we time out here. Kind of, what's your like, how good do you think this Hornets team can be this season? And then what do you think they need to do to just, like, maximize that ceiling? Um,
1: So, like, the ceiling for, like, the currently constructed team, like, if we don't make any moves at the deadline.
0: Right, yeah, like, this – this like, the squad as is. Like, how good can they be? And I honestly feel like,
1: man, we can make it – I feel like we're definitely going to win our first-round series. It just depends on where we match up. And that's why it's like I check the standings so often. Because that matchup is gonna be super important. If we get Philly, we're losing. You know what I'm saying? If we get Philly, we're losing, bro, because we can't stop MB. Right. So right now we're right now we're seven, and that would be matching up with the Bulls. I think we can get that done. Especially how the Bulls are playing now. The Bulls are like two and eight in their last ten games. Uh they're, they're, you know, then they're, they're not good right now. So I never think the Bulls is a team that we can beat in seven games and kind of move on to that second round and it's not too many teams that I'm scared of with, the, with this Hornets team. And with the home court advantage that we're kind of starting to develop, I feel like we can get to the second round. But if we can catch a good matchup, kind of the way the Hawks did last year, catching good matchups along the way, I think we can go to the East Conference Finals. I've been saying that. Now, do I think we win the East Conference Finals? And eh, no. But we have – I saw something yesterday. We had the second-best odds. To make the finals in the East. I saw that. Yeah. Half, yeah. I saw that. Six I was and like
0: a, six and a half percent I had to do a double and take like, when I saw that, but
1: yeah. And it's like, bro, the thing is the Hornets have depth, bro. That is our greatest asset. It was our greatest asset last year. It's so our greatest asset this year. And it's like, we have five guys, six guys averaging over 16 points. So it's like in a playoff series, you can try to, Oh, let's double this guy. Let's double that guy. Okay. Well, you know, Uber might give you 30 off the bench. Or go to hair might give you 30. LaMelo might go off. Tarot's year might go off. Miles might go off. Book Knight might go off. It's too many people to account for. And I feel like in a seven game series, just that overwhelming offense could win us a lot of games. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's second round. I definitely feel like we win our first round matchup. But, um, we definitely got to move to that sixth seed. I don't want to be in a play-in scenario. Yeah, that's um, what I've been
0: saying for weeks, like, on, on my podcast. I just say, like, that needs to be your goal because yeah. I – just, like, why? there There's no – like, I don't want any part of that play-in. Just make sure you're, like, guaranteed playing. a series, guaranteed, like, in the actual playoffs.
1: And, um I mean, really – That's why I've been so angry about the Cavs. Like, I don't know if you've seen my tweets. Like, (laughs) I'm like, why are the Cavs still winning? Like, they were having injury after injury and still winning. And now at this point, the Cavs are fourth. So it's like, at this point, we're kind of looking at Brooklyn like, okay, we're two games within Brooklyn. So they've lost four straight. So at this point, it's like, we're looking like, okay, as long as we can keep winning, Brooklyn is going to drop down, bro because they got the Suns coming up, the Nuggets coming up. So it's to the point where us in Brooklyn can kind of be right there with each other, and we move up to six. Um, but if we were to end up in the plan, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, the Raptors, Celtics, Hawks, we beat all of them this year. Um, you know, and with us being the seventh seed, we would only have to win one out of three games, opposed to when we were 10th and we had to win two. So
0: it's like and a home game too with your fans. Yeah, and, so yeah.
1: yeah, and and a home game. So it's like if we were to you know be that seventh seed, it wouldn't be the worst thing. And um, we have a pretty sizable lead on um the Raptors. We have a four or five game lead on the Raptors. So you know, as long as we can stay above five hundred, it seems like we can avoid falling down to eight or nine. Like I think you know we're kind of a lot for seven and up as long as we stay healthy. But yeah, getting to that six seed needs to be our only our only goal. Um but I'm kind of scared to get to that sixth seed though. Cause right now that, that gives us Philadelphia. And I do not want Philadelphia. Like that's the one team where I just do not want to see because bro, this like uh last week was the first time that we had beat 76ers since like 2016. Like our record against them is crazy. Like bro, we just can't
0: stop it Let's call it for what it is. Like they owned us for the past Whatever since we By beat them near, the last like, time. Yeah.
1: Like they they've owned us, bro. So it's like I, I don't want to see the 76ers. Um, I just don't think we can beat them in a seven game series. But I mean, the Bucks, you know, like I kinda bro, you know, it might sound crazy, but like I kinda want the Bucks, bro. Like our record against them is good, bro. Like we we won the series this year. Like even the I game we, we lost
0: won. this year was like right down to the wire
1: yeah. at their right place. Down to the wire. And, and Lamelo had the game winning shot, like opportunity to win the game. Yeah. And um, even going dating back to last year, we beat them several times. Dating back to when Kemba Walker's last year, we beat them several times. So it was like we beat the Bucks every year. So it's like you know the playoffs is different. They are a championship team, so you know their level could rise. But it's like that's a team that we match up well against. The NBA is about matchups. Some teams you just don't right. match up with. And uh, you know the 76 Sixers is a team that we just don't match up with well. But the Bucks is the team that's like we match up with them well. I think we can get them in seven games. But you know, yeah, six seed get the 76 Sixers. But I feel like us getting a four, a four and five seed matchup is our best route to a deep run.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: I, I agree. But I, I just don't know if we can get up to that five seed or four seed. But right, damn it, we need to try. We need to try. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to just kind of think about we were six games over 500 and we're still seventh. Like, the East is going to be crazy this year, bro. Like, 50, 50 wins might still land you, like, in the middle of the pack. Like
0: That's the thing, yeah. Like, for, for so long, it's like the West has been better than the East. But at least, like, this year the East is better, I think, because, like, it's just you got you have more good teams.
1: Yep. And, I mean, it's like you think about it, you look at it, the Heat are, you know, number one right now. It's like people forget, bro. The Heat were in the finals two years ago, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like they, you know, they have Jimmy Butler, they have solidified stars. The Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo, um, like they have certified stars, and we're gonna have to see if Lonzo gets surgery on his knee and if he's like how long he shut down because that's gonna change the way that the Bulls are kind of looked at. Right. And the Bulls, the Bulls are gonna start sliding, bro. They're three and seven in their last ten. They're gonna start sliding down the same way that uh nets are but you know right now we're matching up with them but it's just gonna be interesting to see how these standards shake out and kind of who we could end up matched up with in the first round because that's gonna be you know do we make a run or not yeah for our first yeah. round matchup is who who would you want us to play like who would you pick for like that good first round matchup? Mm,
0: I think God that's tough. I don't I don't love the way we match up with Cleveland because they have so many so much size like so many tall guys but they're the only team that's like kind of not been there before you know what I'm saying like as far as like yeah very very young team yeah like I guess Rondo's there he's been there before but like other outside of him you know it's a lot of young guys yeah Kevin Love coming off the bench so uh, I guess as far as like catching a young team be Cleveland but on the court I don't Really like that yeah. matchup a whole lot uh, coming out. And then, yeah, a Philly, I don't. I. I don't want to see Embiid. I don't. I guess yeah, Chicago would be interesting. <laughs> like,
1: uh, like, like looking at the rankings and the standings, it's like there's not too many weak links in here. No, no. <laughs> there, there. You know, saying like there is no Knicks team or Hawks team to where it's like, okay, we can beat. Like, they're not in the playoffs, bro. Right like, this year. So, I mean, it's like – I mean, the Celtics is obviously a team that I feel like we could definitely beat in the first round. But, it's like, there's no way for us to match up with them. There's no way for – like, there's no way for us to match up with the Raptors or any of, those, any of those teams, like, unless we move up. And the NBA can shake out anyway. We're only four and a half games back from being first, bro. Yeah, so like, yeah. You know, if we string together a nice little win, you know, we could be top three. You know, so it's like – it's hard to kind of gauge what matchup we might have because, like, you know, we could shoot up to three or shoot up to, you know, two and match up with the seventh seed, and that could be the Raptors or, you know, you never know how it could shake out. Right. So, it's like, it's, it's just interesting, you know, we kind of got to look at some of the teams below us as possible, possible matchups, but with the six teams above us right now, I kind of would just say the Bulls because they haven't been there before, like, this is the team that's, that's constructed, true. yeah. Recently, like they kind of threw some players together recently, and it worked, you know. Like Lonzo, DeMar DeRozan, they don't have you know playoff chemistry together, they don't have that that chemistry together. And Vucevic could give us problems in, in the post, but we beat this team already, so it's mm-hmm. like I, I guess the Bulls, if I had to say, but it is tough. It is a couple teams that you look at, like you kind of want to avoid,
0: yeah, no doubt. Awesome, man. Well, we're actually uh, just kind of kind of almost out of time, uh, but awesome conversation today. Really enjoy getting to dive into to everything Hornets. Uh, before we wrap it up, though, uh, let the people know, where can they find you on social media to connect with you, keep up with you on there?
1: Um, I have a Twitter, BuzzBoys919. I am probably the BuzzBoys919. And uh, the YouTube channel, Buzzboys, um, podcast. So yeah, check us out, man. Come subscribe to me on YouTube. I upload uh, before and after every game. Well, I try to upload before every game, but I upload after every game for sure. And uh, yeah, come check me out. How much time do we have left? Because I don't have a timer on mine.
0: Oh, you all good? Yeah, you're good. You're good. So just uh, are, we, are we are we close to
1: an hour? Like how close are we? I think
0: we're getting a little close. I'm not totally sure exactly what we're at right now. I just I just wanted to cover that um trade trade. Let's run through it. Let's yeah, do. It.
1: All right, so for me, man, I feel like if we trade, it has to be for a center. And Rashawn Holmes is somebody who I would want us to get because his contract, man, I first of all, I thought we were going to sign him this offseason. I was very yeah, surprised we did it. Yeah. And I was surprised that we got Plumlee over Rashawn Holmes. But he only signed a four-year, $46 million extension with the Kings. $10 mil a year for a guy who's kind of like a guaranteed double-double? I take that. Especially oh, no, yeah, with, no doubt, no doubt. Especially, especially considering we're going to have to pay Miles, we're going to have to pay LaMelo soon. You know, we need somebody who is a good center already on a good contract. So him and or possibly Mobamba, Bamba, um, a cheaper – I know a lot of people want Turner, but Turner, you're going to have to pay I think it's going to cost too with, much. Yeah, yeah. with the, with the compensation that you're going to have to give to the Pacers plus his contract. Does he have an extension coming up or did he already get extended?
0: Oh, goodness. It's slipping my mind right now.
1: Yeah, I'm He's, not sure. But it's like, you know, if we do have to pay him, that's a lot of people. Like, that's to the point where we're going to have to move pieces just to free up money. Right. And, and uh, so I just feel like Rashawn Holmes already being under contract. You know what you're getting with him. And shit, he dominated us when he when we played. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of I want him or I feel like Mo Bamba would be a cheaper option. But he also is a player that's going to have an extension coming up that we would have to pay. But, you know, I feel like Mo Bomba, we could get him for the least amount of assets. Just because yeah. at one at one point he was out of the Magic's rotation. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't even playing. So I feel like him or Rashawn Holmes is kind of it. And uh, the young player that I would send back, man, because a lot of teams, you know, they're going to want young players back. Bro, I'm sending back PJ and picks, bro. I'm sending back PJ and picks. And uh, I mean, a lot of people want to trade Gordon but I mean we kind of see like Gordon Hayward is important bro. We yeah, it's like we that. we can't
0: seem like we win it's a record without him it's like it's really bad. Yeah, it's
1: since really he bad. Got here.
0: But it's really bad and but part of that was last
1: year when Harry when Harry was out so was Devonte. Yeah, Melo got hurt. Lame, LaMelo yeah. went out Terry Rozier twisted an ankle, P.J. twisted – Bro, that, we had, like, seven guys. Yeah, it was guys like everybody was out. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, you know, that Gordon record is, is skewed a little bit. But uh, I do think he is important to this team. I, I do. But, um, you know, he would be a contract that had to go back if we do sign somebody like a Turner with a bigger contract. We have to send uh Gordon Hayward back. It's either going to have to be Gordon or Terry. Right. Because, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I would rather – in Gordon back just because you know Terry is you know he's our leading scorer last year, yeah, he and he's younger by a few in. years, so he's younger and uh, I mean, he gets hot quick. And but I do understand why some people want to get rid of Terry because like that would free up book night minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just don't know if you bank on book night being ready to chip in 20 points already, but I do think if book night was to play in around 25 30 minutes, he could average around 16 17. So I think, I yeah, know. give him the chance. Yeah, you know, if we give him the chance, I do think it could work. But I just feel like Terry, LaMelo, and Miles are such a tight-knit group. You know, you don't want to break up team chemistry, especially when, like, the rebuild is going so well. We have to get this right, or we could, you know, backtrack a lot. We have a lot of momentum right now. So it's like we have to make the right decision. I don't want to give up too much of this core for a center, you know? So Like, you know, how would you handle it? Would, what would you
0: do? Yeah, so you actually brought up the guy that I – I'm really interested in, and that's Mobamba because I don't think he's gonna, he's well, he's not gonna cost as much as Miles Turner. God. And I think he, like you said, he wasn't even in the magic rotation like the whole season, he's playing a bit more now. And it was recently against Philly, he had, I think it was like 32 points. There's, and,
1: there's something crazy, crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah,
0: it was like bizarre. I just kept checking my phone, like, we gotta get this guy. But uh, they reported what I've seen. That the magic one is a like one first, and then I'm not sure. I guess you'd have to probably have to match that with the player as well. uh So like PJ in a first, maybe could get it done. Or like
1: like I would I would do that. I would do that, man. Just just off the fact that I mean, how many more picks are we gonna use? We have two first round two first round picks right now that don't play. Book night is kind of starting to play, but like we have a first round pick at Kai Jones that doesn't play. Right. First round pick. Our first round pick next year is gonna play. No. Yeah. So it's like. You know, right now is the time to where we can afford to actually trade picks and not be bothered by it. So, you know, I would do that. I would do first right. for Bamba in a heartbeat.
0: And I just want them to trade for – well, I keep thinking about if they trade for Mo Bamba, and then the first game in Charlotte with Mobamba, they got to play the Sheck West song for player intro. And they got <laughs> to play
1: with to
0: they got to make it happen. Like whoever is the, uh, like whoever's in charge of music over there, we've got we to gotta get in touch I mean, with them. I mean, I mean,
1: another player that i was thinking about though was you know somebody who's kind of been forgotten about but marvin bagley
0: yeah yeah in sacramento and
1: that's some, and that's somebody who his contract is up after this year and uh you know so we would have to you know resign him but it's like he was somebody who uh was not in the king's rotation at all he was not playing at all um what's his name luke um what's his name it used to be oh, Walton, Lakers. Luke Walton. Yeah, yeah 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 Luke Walton ha- did not like him and he was not playing at all and they told him like you're not you're done for the year but the new coach playing him he's averaging like nine points and eight rebounds like he's almost you know back to a double double and I saw uh it was like a, a trade and it was Kelly Oubre P.J. Washington and Bernie Carey for Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley. What would you think about that?
0: There's, can you run me through that one more time?
1: Ubre, P.J., and Vernon Carey for Rashawn
0: Holmes and Bagley. That See, was P.J. and so Vern, I don't have a huge Yeah, – I've really liked what Ubre has brought. The other yeah. thing is, though, he's only here – he's got one more year after this year, then he's yeah. either going to sign him or he's going to walk. And so – I I guess I I do understand, like, getting, you know, something back instead of nothing because, like, that does – you know, that is better. And then you get Holmes and – and, like, Bagley was a lottery pick. So, it's like he's – Like, bro, top three. He's got talent. Like, I don't think anyone has ever questioned that.
1: And the thing is, he's a true seven-footer. Yeah. Like, we're trying to to kind of force P.J. to be the center. bro. P.J. is 6'7", bro. Mm -hmm. like so it's like get two two legitimate seven footers with him with him in home that's tipped bro pj is almost like
0: it's kind of he's almost like you remember when the rockets uh it was the year they they should have beat golden state it was three years ago and uh chris paul got hurt but they had pj tucker playing center and he was like six foot five yeah and there's this there's this graphic i saw on twitter and it was like all the starting centers for like the western playoff teams that year and, and it was uh, i forget all who it was but you know then there's just like pj tucker at six five there's like everybody else you know all these seven footers or whatever it's yeah. like
1: it's just like you know now i do believe that that small ball is important for certain matchups but most teams do have legitimate center, right you know what I'm saying they, they might have a, a, a good chunk of people who switch everything and play small ball, but almost every team has at least one legitimate seven-footer that can play traditional basketball if needed. Right. Like, you know, just, just run, pick, and roll. And, bro, we don't have that. Like, Plumlee, he turns the ball over a lot. A lot. Which is something that, that bothers me, bro. Like, in that Lakers game, he had four turnovers. He led the team in turnovers. Like, why do you have four turnovers and LaMelo has one? Why do you have more turnovers than my point guard, bro? And even today, he tried to throw like a kind of like a no-look bounce pass to Terry Rozier, and it got stolen. I don't need you doing that. Point Plum. Point Plum. the ball to LaMelo. La yeah. yeah. Plum, plum dog millionaire. So, it's like, yeah, it's just times where it's just like, bro, we just need a traditional center that can rebound and dunk and get some blocks. No doubt. Like, seriously. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, especially because, I mean, I think the Kings are going to start selling, bro. I
0: think so, Yeah. Um,
1: let me see where that in the They're 13th. They're 13th right now. And they're 18 and 33. Their season's over. They've lost six in a row. They're done. Yeah. So I think they might, they might start selling, Um. you know, buddy healed. He's been in trade rumors for years. So it's like once they lose him, it, it, it's over. They're just going to try to rebuild with Fox, Fox and Halliburton. And they might give us Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley for cheap.
0: Yeah. Maybe so be worth, worth making a call at least
1: we so. need that front court. We need that front court just help, seriously. Right,
0: right, no doubt.
1: But, yeah, I don't know about that trade. Just because Oubre, he's a legitimate six-man candidate. And we kind of saw today, like, that bench production is super-duper important. Yeah, way, he like, is. Like,
0: I mean, we, we definitely miss him when he's not in there. Like, no doubt about that. We but. miss him, man. And it's like,
1: I mean, but if you do that trade, though, Bagley can give you double digits off the bench. And then um Rashawn Holmes, he's gonna give you double digits and shoot. I guess if we don't send Pumley back, we will still have him off the bench. Right. So like you know, it you know, you could pay Marvin Bagley at the back of four spot, really, because he's been playing the four for them now.
0: Right, so right. That's kind of intriguing. It. It, it is, man. You got me, you got my wheels spinning on that now. Let's go. And, that into
1: that a little bit up, that, that was free up book night minutes i'm trying to think what? of a page it might it might have been bleacher report i don't know it was just i just typed in charlotte hornet's trade rumors and you know that popped up Came I, up. You know, i liked it yeah i like i liked it i liked it because it's like it's something that honestly could be pretty realistic
0: good yeah no doubt awesome man well man they, hey this was a blast getting to link up do this guest interview man i've been yeah, looking man. forward to this for a while uh i guess you yeah, told man, everyone about talking. uh social media so Let's absolutely do this again soon. I'll be reaching out, and I'll let you know we can uh, hop back on and, and hopefully be talking yes, about sir. a playoff series victory in a couple months. So.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, man, look, hopefully. And um, um, send me the link. I'm going I'm to post this on my Twitter. Yep. Um, when, you, when you're done, post the link. I'm going to post this on my Twitter. And, I mean, can you send me, like, the video? Because, I mean, I'll post this on my YouTube.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, I'm going to download everything and, and uh, get that sent over to you. Uh, and, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. Awesome man, yeah
1: man. Nice talking to you, Evan. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, man. Hopefully, we're talking about a playoff, a playoff win. Because I, if we go to playoffs, I'm going to a game. I don't care. No I doubt. To go to yeah. I try to go to a game a month, but bro, I want to go to a playoff game. Like it's been too long, bro. Yeah, yeah. No doubt.
0: Awesome, man. We'll make it happen. All
1: right, All man. You know, have an awesome
0: yeah. rest of your day. Appreciate you linking up with me.
1: You too, man. Nice to meet you, Evan. Take care. Yeah, man. no
0: doubt. All right, we'll see you. All right, man.